open the word of the Lord. Book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. The book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17. I'm going to read it from two different versions because I want to get various angles of these verses. Today I want to talk a couple of minutes about the theme, the blessing is in the root. The blessing is in the root. And the word of the Lord in Jeremiah 17, uh, beginning at verse 5, reads as follows. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in a desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not uh, be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Hallelujah. Thus far the word of the Lord. I'm going to read it also from the New Living Translation so we could get a different angle on this uh, series of verses. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They'll live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat nor worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Father, we thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you open up the eyes of our understanding that we might understand what you are sharing with us today. And Lord, let it become personal revelation to each and every person that is here. Father, that we might grow thereby. For Father, our faith is rooted not in man. Our faith is not, in, not rooted in our strength, but our faith is rooted in you and in your word. So we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in God's presence. So I want to talk a couple of minutes today about the interesting analogy that the Scripture shares when it connects us or it compares us to trees. And the Scripture there says that there are different types of trees. There, there are ones that are in the desert. They're stunted. They get no water. Uh, they, they're not able to produce and it's interesting because there's even another verse or another way of sharing it in the, in the Message Bible. It says, cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone and sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He is rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. 
And see, we as human beings, we think we're all big and bad. We don't need God. We don't need any help. I can do it all on my own. All along, we're rootless, aimless, and out of touch with the good earth. In Mark chapter 4, it talks about the, 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 the connection we have to the ground. And it even says that there are people that sow in good ground and they bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. In that particular context, Jesus was talking about our heart. When our heart is good ground, in other words, when we allow the word of the Lord to come in and saturate our being and we trust God, God starts moving in our heart, in our lives, and we start bearing fruit. But it, it amazes me that God uses a tree to talk about us and our faith and our confidence in God or our lack of trust in God. So the first thing I want to say is righteous, the righteous are as trees. Who are the righteous? Well, those that trust in Almighty God. Those that understand it's not by their strength, it's by God's strength. Because the bottom line is the Bible says everyone is sin. So point to your neighbor says you sin. Point to your neighbor and say, you missed the mark. See, we've all missed the mark. There is no righteous one on his own. So the mystery and the beauty of the cross is that when Jesus died, he didn't die for himself. He didn't need to die for himself. He died for us. And so when we trust in him, when we trust on his sacrifice, when we trust in his perfection, on his love for us, there are dynamics that happen. The first dynamic is that God declares us righteous. So there's a righteousness that we did not work for. It was already provided for in Christ. So when we trust in him, we believe in him, we receive his righteousness. When God sees us, he sees us just like he sees his son, as righteous. So he doesn't see our former sin because one thing that I love about Almighty God, he's not like us. You do something to me, I'll say, all right, we're cool, but don't ever do it again. But meanwhile, I, it hasn't left my heart. It's still there. I'm still annoyed at you. I, I'll probably be annoyed at you for the next 10 years or so, right? But when God forgives, the Bible says he throws our sin to the sea of forgetfulness. If our sins were red as scarlet, they become white as snow. In other words, they're cleansed. And then he, he, he pretty much gets rid of the sin, never to remember it anymore. He doesn't hold a grudge against us. Wow. Thank God. Yes. God doesn't hold a grudge against us. Amen. But now, in John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you're connected to me, you will bear much fruit. And in that, my Father is glorified. So when we're connected to the Lord Jesus, now something dynamic happens. There begins a flow from, from Almighty God to us. And then there begins a flow from Almighty God to us through us to the world. And I love that because not only does God bless me, God blesses through me. We become a branch which in and of itself, it's receiving the lifeblood from the trunk of the tree or the vine, but the branch also produces leaves and produces shade and produces fruit. So the branch is a very important thing on a tree. So as the righteous, not only do we uh, receive life from Almighty God, now we start producing some things that benefit our surroundings. So it's impossible to be a Christian and not change the atmosphere. If you truly are a Christian. A lot of people say so, but they're not. 
They, they, they are, just are cultural Christians. Well, they were raised in the church. I remember my parents, uh, I used to, you know, they said, what are you? you know, well, I'm Catholic. But meanwhile, I knew for a fact they never went. They might have gone maybe once a year. So I learned from them. You know how much I learned from them? <laughs> that when you enter the Catholic church, there's water on this side. And you have to take that water and you have to, you know, dab it. And then sit and be really, really quiet in church. It must be quiet in church. It must be reverential in church. Well, no. Uh, you know, there, there are different ways we interpret reverence. But understand something. God has no problem with worship. We're the ones. Sometimes we want to honor God so we're quiet and we're reverent before God. And God will receive that. But if you want to worship him and praise him, he receives that too. You understand? I find many times people are the ones that get offended because they're not used to the way we honor God. You understand? But if you look through our scripture, the only one that was offended when King David, I'm talking about the, the, the equivalent of President Obama in this day. Imagine President Obama on Sunday going to church, and especially in this video age, and dancing into church, and twirling about like a ballerina going into church. What would Jay Leno say Monday morning? Or Monday night, rather? Twirling. What, what would they say? <laughs> no, I'm saying, I would love to know what they would say. A tutu, right? Yeah, definitely a tutu. But yet King David worshipped the Lord lavishly, and the only one that criticized was his wife. You see, so many times the worst criticism you're going to get is not from the heavenlies, it's from... Those that don't understand your heart. Because man cannot see your heart. Man cannot understand your heart. Only God knows your heart. But as righteous folk, I love it because he compares us to trees. So if he compares us to trees, what do trees do? Let me ask you a question. What do trees do? Yeah, they provide oxygen. What else do they do? Huh? They bear fruit, yeah, yeah. What else? They grow, they provide, building material. Wow, trees do a lot of stuff, don't they? You know what I found? Besides what you all have said, which is absolutely true and absolutely right, I find that leaves are an amazing thing because trees produce leaves. <laughs> Let me read this to you. Leaves take in sunlight, and in the process, they... They, through a process called photosynthesis, they take sunlight and then convert it to things like glucose, things like vitamin C, plant energy food. Then they send it back to the tree trunk. Then they convert carbon dioxide to oxygen. So what they're doing is they're continuously providing food, and then they actually change the atmosphere and make it healthy for us. So trees are very vital. Another thing that trees do is that when wind comes in and the rains come in, trees have the unusual ability to resist the winds, to, to slow down the water so that the cities don't get overwhelmed with the storm. They protect their atmosphere. When was the last time you protected your community, your family, your church? Sometimes we act like anti 
trees. Because we're the first ones that criticize. We're the first ones that are producing circumstances and situations with our mouth and with our actions that create problems even in church community or in family. Lord, have mercy. You need to start acting as a tree. You need to emit life. Oxygen for us is life. You need to protect your surroundings. Why? Because you're anointed to do so. You're gifted to do so. You're, you're a righteous tree. Another thing that happens is that a tree starts going downward. Actually, it goes downward before it goes upward. And it starts developing roots. And roots are powerful things because roots allow the tree to stand strong so they could protect the environment so that it could produce oxygen and, and shade and, and it could produce material for mankind, right? But also what I didn't know is that roots have the ability to find other roots and they actually connect. And what I found is that trees are not only desirous to talk to the same type of tree. Trees can talk to mushrooms flowers, other types of trees. I'm getting no amens now. Are you thinking? Okay, thank you. <laughs> and they communicate with each other, not the way you and I do, but they communicate in their own way, and they share information. They share um, enzymes and bacteria that's, that's good for them and a different type of chemicals that are good for them. And then they also share where the source is coming from. So if one tree finds the river, the other trees know that the river is there. Humans find something good and they go, oh, I'm not telling nobody, I'm keeping this one to myself. I'm keeping this for myself. Nobody needs to know about this. Wow, that, that blew me away. And the Bible says that the righteous have the right place. They're rooted in the right place. Say it in there, but you got to be rooted in the right place. They're rooted next to the riverbank. They're rooted in a place where they can get some food all the time. And so after they find the food, now they start protecting the environment. Now they start growing strong. Now they start growing tall. Now they start producing green leaves. They're green because they also produce something called chlorophyll. But then at the end of the year, they start turning red, yellow, and all different types of derivative colors. And then they go to sleep for a season. But yet the Bible says there's a type of tree that never goes to sleep. It's always bearing green leaves. So it's always producing an atmosphere that's conducive to life in its environment four seasons long, all year long. Yet I know Christians, they'll only produce for one season and shut down for the, the, the other three. What's the matter with you? Ah, I'm going through challenges, going through situations and circumstances. So did you read Jeremiah 17? What's Jeremiah 17? <laughs> no, obviously you have not read Jeremiah 17. You don't need to shut down. Number two, you should not shut down. Number three, the world needs you to not shut down. 
You need to be active 365 days a year. Hallelujah. Thank you three for clapping. I really appreciate the amens and the claps are at a premium today. Praise the Lord. So the first thing is these trees are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. And then the next thing about the trees is that trees are properly positioned. They know where to position themselves. Something in them understands how to position themselves toward the sun, toward favorable conditions that are going to help them to grow. And correspondingly, they also position their roots toward the river. I know that very well. I own the home. I sold it a couple of years ago. We don't need the home anymore. We raised our kids and saving some money. But it's amazing. My sidewalk, little by little, started doing this. At one point, it had a, like a triangle, strong cement. You try to punch that cement, you will break your hand. You try to hammer the cement with a little hammer. You just chip a little bit off of it. You need a big mallet. Yet the tree was so powerful, so focused, that it was able to feed right through that. It told the cement, get out of the way. It told the ground, get out of the way. Because I'm smelling something around here somewhere. And it kept on going until it found my sewer line. Wrapped around my sewer line. Eventually broke my sewer line. Went in there. And yeah, I found it. <laughs> Trees are powerful. They're strong. They're not weak. Nothing can stop them from getting what they need to get. Because they need, amen. Because they need to get provision for themselves, and then they need to get provision for other trees. And they need to change their environment. So they're so focused, nothing is going to stop them. Say to your neighbor, we are strong. Oh, no, we're weaklings, and we are weak, and God is strong. But the Bible says, let the weak say, they are strong. <laughs> That's a revelation. You are strong. <laughs> You're not weak. Well, Jesus was mild and Jesus was weak. No, he wasn't. He was very strong. You try hanging out in a desert for 40 days. You try to take what he took. You try to work as a carpenter. See how hard your hands are going to get. A carpenter will slap you, you're going down first time. Yeah, the, the men the, uh, and women, whoever, whoever does carpentry, your hands become like a mallet. Jesus was not a weak man. I don't like those pictures. They paint Jesus like a little, like that, right? No, he was, I'm sorry. That's not my Jesus. The Lord Jesus was a carpenter, strong, endured boot camp. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that, that, that um, desert where he, where he lived, during the day, 120 degrees. During the night, we'll go down to very cold weather, unforgiving. There there'd be monsters in the, in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, they're under, the, they're under that dirt. Things will bite you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No water. 
How do you survive 40 days? You try it. Go ahead. Not me. I only watch, um, what do you call that? National Geo. Not Geo. That's as far as I'll go. Oh, I, let me tell you, I respect. You're strong. And so the trees are so strong. My tree was so strong, it went right into the root. I actually had to dig up my entire sidewalk, change the entire sewer system, because the tree needed to get some provision for his community. The tree needed to get leaves. The tree needed to produce. And I'm saying, you know, tree, can you find something elsewhere? But no, <laughs> you can't talk and change the mind of a tree. Remember when Jesus said they would invite him somewhere? He said, no, 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 I, I, have to go. I have to do this. I have to do that. Remember Nehemiah also? They invited him down. He said, no, I have to build a wall. I'm focused. I cannot do anything else. That's what we have to become. There are too many things after your attention. How many of you get at least one or two spam a day? Oh, more? What about email? How many of you get at least five emails? Right? Right? How many emails do you get on average a day? 45. 50. I get about 100 a day. So I've learned. I, I just go, you know, delete, 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 delete. I got the, the delete revelation now. Before I thought I had to read all of them. Now you, you know why? It's too much information. I don't need to know all of that. And then the type of information they, they, they want to send me, it's offensive. I mean, you read spam. You'll see what I mean. It's offensive. But they just, everybody's after your, 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 your focus, your attention. And the truth of the matter is, most of us here, we are totally unfocused. So if you're unfocused, you're not producing. You're not acting like a tree. We have to get to the place where we look. So, okay, do we really need this? We need to get back to simpler times and focus on our purpose, focus on our destiny, be who God called us to be. And you know, I believe that's the enemy's work, to try to get us so unfocused that we're useless in the kingdom of God, that we're useless, that we don't produce a legacy, that we don't produce a destiny. Hallelujah. So don't be unfocused. You're powerful. Once you get your focus on, nothing can stop you. You're a very powerful individual. Then once you get your focus on, you get back to seeking things that are good for you, your family, and your community. You start producing again. Hallelujah. And as you produce, that, that leaf starts sending out oxygen. What is oxygen to a Christian? It's us producing an atmosphere that gets rid of the toxicity in our community, in our environment. Are you getting rid of the toxicity in your job? Or are you adding to the toxicity? Or are you the toxicity? Praise God. Trees get rid of toxicity. They clean the atmosphere. Another thing it does, they communicate underground. And they share information that's beneficial to the community. Hallelujah. Are you communicating? Are you communicating the goodness of God? Are you communicating the love of God? Are you finding benefits for other people? Or is, or is it all about me, 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 myself, and I? Are you doing it? Are you volunteering your time? Or is everything about me, myself, and I? I've got no time. But meanwhile, you have time all day for 360. You got time for the novella. You know what the novella is? 
It's short for waste of time. I mean, it's short for not. It's a TV series. Yeah, those things never end. You think it's ending and bam, another one comes up. Another affair, another person dies, another person shows up. It's always some drama. But they're doing that on purpose because they want your time. Because if they get your time, they get you sitting there. Nielsen would say, yeah, you've got three million people watching that. So therefore, we can send you commercials and they pay their, you know, their expenses. You're actually producing for them. But is your house being produced? Or rather, your house is being taken care of. My God. And by the way, let me clarify something. I was not saying that all televangelists were bad earlier. There's some good ones. There's some good TV ministries. You know, so I'm not saying all of them are bad. I'm saying think. And I'm saying make sure your house seats first. Don't send all your provision out there and then your house is dying. That's what I'm saying. Some ministries are really, really good. All right. Next thing is that it says in the scripture that the tree that is planted next to the riverbed or the riverbank is not afraid when the heat comes. How many of you don't like summer because it's too hot? You know, it's like you wilt. Well, you know, they're varying degrees. I don't mind 70 degrees. I don't mind 80 degrees, 85 degrees, 85.1 degrees, you know. 85.12 degrees. I don't mind that. But anything, I would say, above like 90 and 95, started getting a little uncomfortable for me. All right? But then, you know, you go to another nation, 95 is like winter. Yeah, Puerto Rico in, in July and August and September, it can be over 100 degrees and then muggy. There are places to, closer to the equator where it gets really hot, 120, 130 degrees. Well, guess what? Many trees here in New York, if it gets to 90, 100, they die. they die. Why do they die? Or they go to early sleep. Huh? Say lack of water, you said? Absolutely, lack of water. There's not enough provision for them. So they go into that stasis mode. Whereas this particular tree, the Bible says, never has to go into that stasis mode because it's always drawing whatever water it needs. So during the hot season, it's still green. During the hot season, it's still providing air, oxygen. It's still communicating benefit to the other people, the other people, the other trees in its community. So then how come so many Christians, the minute a little bit of heat? I'm not even talking about 90 degrees. I'm talking about 67.5 comes upon them. Oh, that's it. I can't take this anymore. Oh, my God. The world is caving on Huh? Immaturity? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, some of the, the most easily offended people, we find them in the churches. But see, I know we are all in different levels of our journey. But the Bible says this particular tree gets hooked up in a place and it starts feeding off that life, that water. So even in the hot season, the leaves are still green. And it's good that the leaves are green because as long as the leaves are green, they are creating uh, through photosynthesis all the processes that the tree needs to stay strong and, 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 and thrive, basically. And then it also continues to give off oxygen. So during heat, while you're going through a trial, it's still 
impossible for you to be giving life. Somebody's offending you, you still could be in a place of joy, in a place of peace. Jesus even said, do not respond evil with evil. Instead, bless those who persecute you. So it is possible if you're properly connected that you're giving life while everybody else is giving hate. So even in your job, in your workplace, everybody's doing footna and footna here and footna there. But you are just saying, bless God. Hallelujah. I'm praising him. Uh, you know, and, and your cubicle is blessed. And all the other cubicles, they might be you know, going through their issues. But you're exhibiting joy. You're exhibiting peace. And you're giving off life. Hallelujah. It is possible to still bear fruit even in your difficult season. Well, you don't understand, but I lost my job. It's possible in that time that you're still ministering, that you're still giving off life, that you're still trusting God, that you're not offended. It is possible to become unoffendable. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. When the heat comes, when the wind comes, let me tell you, sometimes things blow against us, hard stuff, legitimate issues. You might have lost your job, you might have a relational issue, you might have a job issue, whatever it might be, legitimate issues. But it says here, not only is he not anxious, it says he's not afraid when the heat comes. Some people, they refuse to do anything because they're afraid that something might come. They're not even waiting for the problem. They're already worried that the problem might be on the way. I'm serious. I've met Christians and people that are worried that something might happen. So stop worrying. Just make sure you protect yourself. Make sure you put processes in place. Always have an A, B, and C plan. When you work with me, invariably you will hear, uh, you need to put, a trump card in your pocket. And by that I mean you need to have plan B just in case. Hallelujah. Never, you know, always prepare yourself for something. And even when something hits you and you're not prepared for it, don't get into worry right away. Don't get into fear. Stop a moment and say, Lord, I need your help right now. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom, give me peace, and refuse to get into that place. Yeah, but I can't control it. It just comes upon me. Uh, yes, you can. You can control your emotions. Your emotions are not there to overwhelm you. Your emotions are there to help you, to strengthen you. You just need to know that they're your tools. They're not your masters. Your emotion can shift in a heartbeat. Four o'clock in the morning. You had a hard day, hard day. You got to sleep at one in the morning. You got to wake up at 6. At 4 o'clock in the morning, your neighbor, doom, 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 doom on the door. And you, already, you went to sleep cranky. You're dreaming cranky. And at 4 o'clock, doom, 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 doom. You who in the world? Who is it? It's neighbor. What's the matter with you? You know what? It's 4 o'clock in the morning. And you're angry. And I'm telling you, literally... Smoke is coming out of your ears. Blood is just shooting out of your eyes. You open the door, what in the world could compel you? I couldn't wait in the morning. 
I just hit the lotto, and I want to give you $100,000 right now at this moment. You go, ay, mijita, ven, entra, un poquito de café, a little coffee. Come in, everything's all right. Everything's all right. Everything's okay with the world. You know, you know Your emotions can shift in a heartbeat. It's all depending on the information or the revelation you have. Hey, no, it ain't God. Amen. It's true. It's true. The thing is, we don't know that we can. So when you're forced to come into a momentary situation and, and, and before you react a certain way, stop a moment and think. That's the problem. We don't think. We just go with the flow. Think. So is this worthy? Of my anger right now. Or my worry, my concern. Think. And I'm telling you what I'm living. Because I go through the same things. I go through the same challenges. Before, I would go ready, fire, aim. That's what I used to do before. And every time I did it that way, most likely, I got into pain. I did something that later on I wanted to take back. And unfortunately, once you send it out, you can't take it back. So now I go, ready, aim, aim, aim again, aim another time, okay, confirmation, okay, another confirmation, okay, call a buddy, uh, pray, fire, <laughs> because I know by experience, I've done things that later on, you know, I allowed emotion to get the better of me, and I said something, or I did something, that I now regret, hallelujah, amen. So as trees, we're not afraid. He says he's not worried about drought. When drought comes, what's drought? Not enough. It happens to all of us. There are times when you just don't have enough. There are times when things dry up. One stream might dry up. Well, the Bible says that a prophet sent by the Lord to a stream in the place of drought, God sent him to a particular stream that stream dried up isn't it interesting god excuse me you sent me to this stream and now it dried up you sent me and but the word of the lord came to him and said, okay this season is ending now i'm going to provide over here go over to the widow i've already commanded her to take care of you in other words there is never really a drought it might be just one stream that dried up. But you need to be a place where you're listening to God, where you're hearing God, and another door is about ready to open up. Amen. Hallelujah. So you need to be listening to God. You need, you need to be positioned, connected with Him in prayer, in relationship, in the Word of God, because something else is going to open up. Say to your neighbor, it's going to open up. There's never really a drought. It might be just one stream that's shutting down. Hallelujah. Well, this particular tree doesn't care. If there is drought over there, he's still positioned where he's getting food over here. And then not only is he getting food over here, but also he's able to communicate with the others. Listen, this dried up, this dried up, but come here and there's provision for you. Hallelujah. So I am believing that the year 2013, regardless who gets elected, is going to be a difficult time for many. I, I, I can see that. I, you know, you, you read the writing on the wall. And, you know, the government is continuing to generate more and more debt. Nothing good could come out of that. 
So sooner or later, they're going to have to pull it back. And the debt basically is paying for vital services in the city. So when they pull back the finance, probably some of the vital services in the city that help our poor, that help our immigrants, that help all the people that de depend on it for the moment might be cut or slashed or reduced. Kick in the church. We're supposed to be like Joseph's today. Preparing for that. Not for ourselves because God will provide for us. But how can we get to a place where we know if this stream dried up, this is open. Not for us, but for those that need it for the moment until the government readjusts itself. So we should be thinking silos. Maybe not physical silos, but places where we could get provision for others. We should make partnerships in the coming days with people like the World Visions, with people like, other, like these organizations that have provision. In other words, these trees, even if there is a shortage of provision, not only do they know the places where they are, but internally they also have reserves. So say, say to your neighbor, we have reserves. We have reserves. <laughs> there are reserves. So you don't wait to a time of trouble to then seek for those reserves. You build them now. You build up the relationships now. You build up the networks now. In your jobs right now, there are people that are willing to give to community. They're willing to bless community. Find out about that now, before the year 2013 comes in. Because I, I, I think I'm on good ground when I say December 2012, when that day hits, when the Mayan calendar gets to that day when the world's supposed to end, I think that the next day the world will still be here. And I think we'll still be here. So instead of fearing, you know, there's one guy that was saying that on that day he's going to go to a mountain, and he believes his mountain's very high, that he has to throw himself off the mountain, and there's a portal right in the air. And so the portal's going to snatch him up to a different dimension. He is going to go to a different dimension, but it's not going <laughs> to be through that portal. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, some people are, they, they believe this stuff. It's insanity. No, we're going to be alive the day after that, right? And there's still going to be needs, and there's still going to be problems, and we are still going to be trees that are going to be able to bless others in their times of difficulty. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and lastly, they always bear fruit. And this fruit thing brings great glory to God. You're always growing. You're always, what does fruit do for us? It nourishes, it gives life-giving enzymes, it, it, it corrects our blood pressure, it's good for our heart, good for our body, hmm? good for the skin. I mean, the what? I mean, it's amazing. Antioxidants, uh, fruit is always good. But in the kingdom of God, when we bear fruit, we give life. We give life in our places of influence. Some of you pray it through, some of you preach it through, some of you teach it through. Some of you organize it through. Whatever it might be, this is a time to be active and be bearing fruit unto our God. This is a time where we need to connect with Almighty God more than ever before. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who are connected with me will bear much fruit. Those who are disconnected, unfortunately, can't get the wisdom, can't get the strength, can't get uh, the, the life, the provision, and do it. 
So my question to, to each and every one of you, are you connected to Almighty God? Are you connected to the vine? Because if you're connected, you're going to be bearing fruit. And that brings great glory to God. Because when you do it to the least of these, you're doing it to the Lord. I cannot emphasize that enough. That by you going to your neighbor and blessing them with a prayer, loving on them a bit, just being kind to them. I I cannot emphasize how much that blesses God's heart. Because you're being a representative of Almighty God that moment to them. And he says, you do it to them, it's like if you're doing it to me. To these little ones. And then he went on to say, even if they're in prison, even if they're in the hospital, my God, just be a blessing. And you know what I love? When you sow into somebody else's life, what you're actually doing is you're sending a seed there But God, the one who sees you giving a seed, then gives you more so you could give more. You can never outgive God. Whatever you sacrifice for someone else, God then brings a provision that provides for you in other ways that you cannot tell at the moment. Even if the church doesn't see it, even if your brother says, wow, what a great woman of God, wow, what a great man of God. Man, she's doing such awesome work in the kingdom of God. Let's give this guy four stars. Gold stars. Doesn't make a difference whether we see it or not. God sees it. Amen. And what God sees in secret, he will reward publicly. Amen. Hallelujah. The seed that you sow will bear at, uh, it will bear after its own kind. In other words, if you're sowing life, you will receive life. If you're sowing death, well, today you've been challenged. Stop sowing death. See, because you reap death. Start sowing life and your results will shift, will change. Hallelujah. From this day forward. Let's not just think only of ourselves. Let's think about our children. Let's think about our grandchildren. Think about the little ones. Amen. Because if Jesus tarries, they're the ones that are going to take over the church. So we have to provide for something for them too. I said this before, but for those that haven't heard me, you know, for, I, I used, just use it as an example because there's so many. Look at a situation like, like uh, uh, Joe Lostein. You've heard me say this before. Yeah, Joe Lostein, isn't he? An awesome. Yeah, wow, what a great church. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Right? Excuse me, do you know who actually gave that to him? His father and the elders in that church that labored a generation before. They provided that. So now when the sons came in, they already had that, that uh, I, I want to say that substratum there. They had that base to work with. So what are we doing for a future basis? T.D. TD Jakes one time said that. He said, you know, we need to consider. The government's not going to help us. He said, it was the mothers and the fathers frying fried chicken and selling fried chicken and and sacrificing hard-earned money to provide what we have today. So we need to honor that. And then we also labor and leave a legacy for a future generation. That honors God. Because God always thinks transgenerationally. He's the God of a thousand generations. But yet he 
kept on reminding us, three generations. You know, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Isaac, you know, Isaac and Jacob, right? He was talking about three generations, right? But it's interesting because he's saying three generations. He's reminding us. We could wrap our heads around three generations. So if he's blessing me, he's already thinking about two generations ahead. What can I do to bless two generations ahead? If we get with the program, not only will we think about ourselves, well, what's in this for me? Excuse, it, excuse me, what's in it for my grandson? What's in it for my great-grandson? My natural and spiritual children. Bishop Joe just said that last week, and it blessed my heart when he said it that way to us. What are we doing?